Another thing I've been looking at is our perception of life is based on emotions from past experiences. So something that we've lived through from the past, both good and bad, will then come up as an emotion and that's how we'll perceive life on a daily basis from then if we don't, if you know, whether we've addressed it or not and whether it's a good experience or a bad experience. Welcome to the Happy Nurse Podcast. Nurses are the backbone of healthcare, always there to care for strangers as if they were one of their own, often forsaking special moments with their own family in order to ensure another's loved one is being cared for. As nurses, self-care is essential. I am Elena Mullery, nurse educator and self-care mentor for nurses. I'm an RN with 20 years of clinical experience, a first-hand experience of stress and burnout. It was this experience which led me to develop a passion for personal development and pursue the study of mindfulness, meditation, hypnotherapy and neuro-linguistic programming. Each episode, I will be promoting self-care strategies to those who always care for others. I have broken self-care down into five aspects mental, emotional, physical, spiritual, and indulgence, to make it easy to ensure all your self-care needs are being met. Each episode, I will interview nurses and self-care gurus from around the world to help you with each aspect of your self-care. Welcome to the Happy Nurse Podcast with Elena Mullery. Hi, everyone. This is Sean Bree of Intuitive Wellbeing. She has agreed to come and Thank you, an expert interview in my series for me. Shambri is all about emotional empowerment. She believes that our emotions are the gateway to our health. And understanding the body's connection and communications allows us to heal unresolved stored emotions and therefore assist in treatment of other health concerns. I'm really excited to speak to you this morning, Shambri. I love all this stuff too. Shambri is a registered nurse, a Reiki master and practitioner, and is studying a postgraduate degree in psychology at the moment. Through her own journey with physical and mental health challenges, she found a disconnection between the treatment of mental and physical health. Throughout her nursing career, she's found similar comparisons when looking after her patients. Having worked in acute medical and surgical wards, palliative care and aged care, theatre and recovery room, Shambri found herself searching for a more holistic understanding of health and overall well-being, something that encompasses all aspects of health, mental, physical, emotional, spiritual and social. After finding Reiki healing, she began to understand how energetics and emotions play a role in health. Shambri began to find a connection between emotions, body parts and energy centres, which we also know as chakras, thoughts and feelings and diseases of the body. She applies this to her everyday life to support and maintain her health. Welcome. It's so exciting to have you on, Shambri. Thank you so much for having me. It's very exciting to be here. No worries. I'm looking forward to picking your brain. Actually. <laughs> I'm going to run through a few questions with you. Okay. No. And, um, and then I'll share this. You can share the screen and um, go through your expertise with us. Okay. All right. Yeah. 
So I'm all about self-care, as you know, that's the premise behind Happiness, promoting self-care strategies to nurses and healthcare professionals. So I speak about non-negotiables in my self-care. What is your non-negotiable? My non-negotiable is sleep. Sleep, 100%. I always ensure I have enough sleep. Um, It's so important to me, I think, because... It's a time where our bodies are at rest, um, they're repairing and they're healing. So my next two things are diet and exercise. But I find that if I'm if I'm not having enough sleep, I'm already behind. Yeah, awesome. I I'm terrible without enough sleep. When I had newborn babies, I was yeah, <laughs> I don't know how I survived. Sleep is a very important in my life too, a big non-negotiable. Mm. And we don't get enough sleep most of us no a lot of us will survive on five or six hours especially being healthcare workers and working shifts sometimes it's hard if you're on a late turn early just to wind down and then be up again in the morning yeah yeah Yeah. and if you do nights that's a whole different ball game too so yeah good quality sleep is very important yeah absolutely um, my model of self-care breaks self-care down into five different aspects, a bit similar to what you were speaking about in the intro. Um, I look at the mental, emotional, physical, spiritual and indulgent parts of self-care. What is your idea of indulgent self-care? I think I like to look at um, indulgent self-care as something similar to taking yourself on a date. It's like something other than your usual self-care routine. Um, It can be a little bit of a surprise for yourself. So a massage, a day spa, something that um, brings a bit of self-love into self-care. It's not just sort of ticking the boxes, yes, this is is my self-care routine, I'm getting enough sleep, I'm eating properly, I'm um, exercising. It's it's a thank you message to your body, a bit of a bit of a message of gratitude. That's awesome. What a beautiful way of looking at it, taking yourself on a date. I love it. I always say it's what brings you joy and lights you up. So, yeah. yeah. We all get Anything. excited about going on dates. Well, yeah. us who are dating. And, yeah, that's awesome. <laughs> yeah, it brings that sense of sense of warmth to yourself and, and, and that give back. It's like that. Oh, thank you. I think especially as, um, as nurses, we're also giving and caring and we, we love just, just to give. But, you know, like, like you say in, um, in a lot of your posts that we, you know, we don't often give it back to ourselves. So I think indulgence is really important. Yeah, that's one of my favourites, that offer yourself the same compassion you so freely give to others. And it is so true. A date is a great way to look at it. I love the way you framed that up. It's so cool. <laughs> If you enjoy meditating or you would like to give meditation a try, why not head on over to happynurse.com.au forward slash meditation to download my free guided meditation for stress and anxiety relief. It's 12 minutes of pure self-care. I also speak about being the best version of yourself because I believe that if we are being the best versions of ourselves and bringing that into the workplace to our patients, then our, um, our patient care is much higher because Mm. we're coming in as a much better person who or what inspires you to be the best version of yourself that's a good question 
I think um, I like to think that I inspire myself to be the best version of myself. Um, I try not to be the best version of myself for someone else or something else. Um, I named my business Intuitive Wellbeing because it's all about what feels good for you and doing things for yourself and taking taking that um, empowerment and taking back charge of your life rather than thinking you have to do a certain thing a different way, a certain way. So, however, we all we all get stuck sometimes and in a bit of a rut and need a bit of a pickup. So definitely my partner and my family inspire me to be the best version of myself purely from their constant love, support and encouragement. Gives me a bit of a, a kick when I need it. That's awesome. How beautiful. And it is, it's true. We need to be doing it for ourselves and not for anyone else. Mm. Because seeking that external validation is not going to bring us the true contentment that we're all looking for, is it? Yeah. I think I've always been very much a people pleaser and trying to get back into doing things for yourself, but also um, allowing that encouragement to come from others as well is also nice. Yeah, it's so important. So... I believe you've got some slides to share with us and walk us through your expertise. So I'll hand the screen over to you. So intuitive well-being. So I have devised um, the expertise that I would give would be to nourish your three brains. And it's very similar model to the mind, body, soul picture. However, I find that the mind, body, soul is still very... Um, segmented and you're still segmenting them into three different different bodies um, so I've devised another model that goes a little bit deeper and it's de it's three brains so it's looking at our bodies inside our bodies um, like a tree rather than a machine so if we've got a car and a bit of our car breaks we can fix that by fixing the part However, with a tree, you often we can often see that the, the leaves are wilting. However, it might be something to do with the root system. So it's looking at the whole picture. So we've got the head brain, which is our mental health. We've got um, our heart brain, which is our emotional health. And we've got our gut brain, which is our physical health. And these three brains, they all have, um, as we know as health professionals and an intricate neural network of communication systems and they all communicate to us ourselves our beings through our thoughts our feelings our emotions and as physical manifestations and as I'm about in, um, emotional empowerment and how our emotions govern the way our bodies work I've devised a little, another little model into how we can start dealing with emotions in stressful situations um, and different emotions that come up to how to work through those so that they don't get stuck within our bodies. Awesome. I'm excited to learn this. Thank you. So the first one is learning to listen. Learning to listen and understand your body. Understand how it's communicating to you on that very basic level. So there's four components Food, water, sleep, and exercise. And looking at asking two questions, when was the last time I've had food and water and sleep <laughs> and exercise? And have you had enough of these things as well? Because as you know, a lot of the time as nurses, we're running around a lot um, and we don't often get to take our proper breaks. 
or we don't often get to take enough water for what we need to support our bodies. So definitely looking at if we're starting to feel a bit overwhelmed or a bit jittery at work, we can look at have we had enough food, have we had enough water, have we had enough sleep. And the fourth one, exercise. When was the last time you exercised? Often in stressful situations, as nurses, we're very good at compartmentalising our emotions and we're able to sort of pop a lid on it and put it away for later. But if we don't address the emotions afterwards, they can often get stuck within our bodies and cause physical manifestations. So exercise is one way to release, as we'll see in the next couple of slides. But just starting to learn to understand and listen. The next one is really important. It's experiencing the emotions as they are. Allowing the emotion to come up, if it's anxiety, if it's stress, if it's sadness or grief, allowing that to come up, allowing your body to feel it fully. The second one is to accept that emotion. Accept that it's real, accept that it's your emotion and you're feeling it, and it's validating that experience. And then questioning it again. Is it helpful in this situation? We're all very... Um, we're all programmed to feel in different ways, but we're all programmed to, okay, if, if fear comes up and anxiety comes up, that's our survival mechanism. So going into a lot of the time in today's society, we're often always in a state of stress, in a fight or flight. So it's not always helpful. It is helpful if there's a lion chasing you, but it's not always helpful in a situation. <laughs> where we need to, um, yeah, to be, to be aware of. So is it helpful in this situation or can I deal with this later? Another thing I've been looking at is our perception of life is based on emotions from past experiences. So something that we've lived through from the past, both good and bad, will then come up as an emotion and that's how we'll perceive life on a daily basis from then if we don't, if you know, whether we've addressed it or not and whether it's a good experience or a bad experience. Yeah, it's so true. We've all got that emotional filing cabinet in our heads, haven't we? Mm, yeah. yeah. The last one is release. So it's once we've allowed to come up, once we've had that awareness and sort of have taken ourselves outside um, and compartmentalised but are still aware of our, our emotions and what what is happening, it's being able to later or at the time release those emotions so that they do not manifest into in our bodies any further. So often if we're anxious or in rage or angry or fear, we can push our emotions down and pop a lid on them and save it for later. But often if we put, keep pushing down, pushing down and pushing down, that lid's going to want to pop off kind of like a kettle and then everything will come up at once. But if we can work through each emotion slowly, um, and at, at the right time, it's not going to want to come up later or be pushed down even further. So the first one is exercise, then breath work, and then meditation. And I've put down the bottom that there are different release techniques for different emotions because if we're in a, if we're having a panic attack, um, and as we know, we have, um, we get, you know, an increased heart rate, an increased respiratory rate. So going for a run or a boxing class. Um, and trying to exercise to release that emotion is not necessarily, for some people it might help to clear their head, but it's not necessarily going to bring us back into 
that parasympathetic nervous system that we need to be in. So I've put a couple of examples next, next to the release techniques, which is exercise is often when you've got that real, real sense of anger, real sense of rage where you just need to get out and you need to go off and, and blow off some steam, as, as we sometimes say. Um, that's when you can go and go for a run or, or any sort of high-intensity workout that you need. Breath work for anxiety is bringing you back from that fight or flight, that sympathetic nervous system, and back into our parasympathetic nervous system, our, our rest and digest. So breath work will bring back down our heart rate, bring back down our respiratory rate and get us back into that present moment. And meditation can also work for fear as well. Is It can be implemented within our breath work, but it brings us back to the present moment, the here and now, and we're not necessarily going to go off and, and think of other things and really clears our heads. So they're, they're my three um, biggest, biggest tips to, to go to. And we're just starting to work through our emotions and, and at the time of things coming up for us. That's awesome. I love the way you've done that. The, um, the exercise, the breath work and the meditation for the different emotions. It's very clever. Mm -hmm. I've recently discovered breath work myself and I've been doing some of the Marcel Hoff stuff. Yeah, um, right. Yeah, it's amazing. Like we do all this... Um, breath work and then we do is it the pony dance they call it you do all the movement and then you get in the, the ice bath and I absolutely love it it's so invigorating and you feel so good for days and days afterwards it's awesome and especially you know the, the, mo the easiest one we can all do is trying to breathe into our bellies and that when we're in that fight or flight we end up just breathing with our shoulders and in our, into our rib cages and we're not getting enough oxygen in that we need and a deeper breath so just breathing into our bellies when you are in that or oh, um, having a moment, um, it really clears that pathway and, and brings everything brings everything back into a state of rest. Yeah, and your breath is always there. So it's a tool you can always use. It's not external to you. So if you are in anxiety, always go back to the breath. That's what I always say too. It's it's never gonna go away. So Yeah. Yeah. How awesome. Thank you. Yeah, I love that. I really like the way you've broken it down into the three steps. It's very clear. Mm, yeah. It's a very easy process for people to follow. Thank you. I find a lot of the, a lot of the time um, these days where we're often sort of told, you know, you need to be strong or definitely in, as nurses, you need to be able to compartmentalise and you need to, you know, be separate from your emotions. But then at the end of the day, we're all still human as well and we all feel and we all need to um, address any grief or address any stressful situations rather than rather than trying to push them away. We, we need to hold space for ourselves. Yeah, totally. And I always say as well, the more you push down, the sooner you're going to get to overwhelm. And, and I see overwhelm as a tipping point. So you can go from I go happy nurse cruising along, overwhelmed, stressed out, burnt out. So yeah. I see overwhelm as that kind of seesaw you can go one way or the other if you can address it when you hit that point you can go back up if you don't you're going down that slippery slope to burn it so yeah it's so important that we deal with what's coming up emotionally for us mm, absolutely absolutely awesome it's been so lovely chatting to you Shambri. thank you so much for jumping on thank you so much elena 
No worries. And I will speak to you again soon. Absolutely. All the best. Thank you so much. Thank you for listening to the Happy Nurse Podcast. If you've enjoyed today's content and would like to join the Happy Nurse community, head over to Facebook and check out the Happy Nurse AU Facebook page and request to join the Happy Nurse community. Also, check out happynurse.com.au for access to free downloads and subscription to my blog. See you soon. And in the meantime, remember to always offer yourself the same compassion that you so freely give to others.